Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So today I want to talk about a new series called uh, about God's Will. Maybe something you've heard about, something you haven't. Uh, I remember hearing this message actually from Elevation Church, and just the way it was explained, it opened my eyes. And so I've, uh, I've took a few of the thoughts that, that opened my eyes, and I want to relay it to you, uh, and I think it will really help you, and even as a reminder, because sometimes we get so mixed up in life uh, and so bogged down with the everyday things that we forget some stuff. We forget God's way. We forget to pray. Anyone here ever forget to pray? Sometimes, instead of it being a first response, it becomes a last resort. And so that's normal. That's something we have to battle with and continue to, to work on, and that's okay. So I just want to go ahead and pray. God, I just pray and thank you for your presence here. I pray and ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would move, that you would speak, and you would use me. God, help me to, to relay your scriptures in, in a way that's understandable but also accurate. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know, maybe you've asked the question, just basic questions, you know, what job should I take? What, what is the job that God has called me to? Or maybe you've asked, what is my purpose? Or where should I live? What town? Maybe what country? What city? Maybe you're asking those basic questions, where should I be right now? Who should I be with? And sometimes life can be complex because there's so many questions. And you might say, there's so many so little answers. And it can be complicated. I think about sometimes when I, every year I go to renew my car insurance. And you're looking at a quote, right? And you hear about all these people who get a, a better deal somewhere else. And I'm going in, I'm trying to type in, right? Here's my car. This is my name. Give me the quote. That's it. That's all I want. Just give me the quote. And then all of a sudden they start asking, you know, where do you live? Your postcode and what's your history? Any convictions? And there's this list that goes on, and you're like, I'm already ready for the quote. Is it done yet? And it gets more complicated and complex and and longer than I expected. And sometimes when we think about God's will, there's so many questions that we can ask ourselves, we can end up just confused, not knowing where to go, not knowing what to do. And we just, we get stuck, and we sometimes give up. Maybe stop praying because you don't know what is God's will. Or maybe... You're asking so many questions and focusing on so many details of like, should I go, does God want me to go right on this street or left? Does God want me to wear green today or pink? Does God want me to eat McDonald's or KFC? Should I be shopping in M&S or Tesco's? Sometimes we ask so many detailed questions, we psych ourselves out and we just nearly just give up. Am I supposed to ask this person to church now or later? Should I be reaching out to people every day, every moment? Should I be praying in this situation more or less? Where should my finances go? Should I be, am I being greedy by buying that extra pair of clothes or, or a set of shoes or whatever it is? What is the limit? What's God's will? Um, and so what I see in Ephesians 5 and 17, it says here, therefore do not be foolish but understand the Lord, what the Lord's will is. 
So you can't do God's will unless you understand God's will. So that tells me there must be something out there that we can understand that is God's will. Are you following? There's something to understand here that maybe we have missed or maybe we keep missing. There's something more concrete in this narrative. So I'm going to start. I've got my little board here. I'm actually quite pleased with this little contraption I built this week. And so we're going to, we're going to draw a little bullseye. Okay? It's not bad, eh? And we're going to call that God's will. We'll just, we'll just say will. So that's our target. That's what we're always aiming for. That's what we're always looking for. Because who knows when you're outside of God's will, things might be fun for a little while. <laughs> for, even for a few, few months, you might be having fun at the weekends now that you're unlocked a little bit. We went through Belfast last night. It was, it was packed. Doing your own way, what seems right to you might be fun for a little while, but listen, it will never last you will never find peace unless you're truly in God's will. You will never find true purpose unless you're in God's will. So God's will is the most uh, fruitful, the most exciting, the most fun place to be that builds your life, not just in the short run, but in the long run. Amen? It doesn't just build your life, it builds the people around you's life. If you've got a family, it builds your children up. If you've got grandchildren, it builds them up. You're setting a way for them to succeed. It outlasts your life. Can I get an amen? amen? And so the first thing I want to talk about is the works of God. And, and some people would talk about this in a way where they would say the sovereign will of God. This is something that God will do despite when I, what anyone else says. So I'm going to draw a few more circles here. Hopefully So we're going to call the top outer circle the works. Oh, I'm supposed to be a teacher too. <laughs> Don't send your kids to my school. So we have the works on the outside. So the works of God um, are the things in which he does or he has done. So for instance, let's think about God and his sovereignty. God did not go to Stormont or wait on Stormont before he decided to create the earth. He did not need a committee meeting. He did not need the elders to show up. He did not need uh, planning permission from the government. He just spoke, and there was. He created by his voice. His very word produced a work. So if we go back to the Bible, and we see at the start in creation, that's what we see, and then we then go on to see a story about Abraham, or Abram at the start. And we see the story there where him and his wife are in old age, but he's, he received a promise from God that he would be the father of many, as many uh, as much sand as is on the seashore, he would have that many children, but here he is and he's no kids, and biologically things aren't the way they used to be, if you know what I mean. And so he hears this word from God, and his, it's, the Bible says that his wife even laughed at him, like, how is this going to work? Biologically, things aren't the way they were. But it happened. And they had a son because it was the sovereign will of God. And then we go on and we hear stories like Moses. So this is... <laughs> I'm starting to feel pressure here. 
I was better at maths than I was English. And so we have Moses, right? Moses was that, that man who got thrown into the wilderness. He killed someone. He messed up. And then he seen a burning bush in the wilderness. And God called him back to release his people by the sovereign will of God. And, and what happened was Pharaoh resisted God's will. So what did God do? He, he, he upped the pressure. He upped the pressure through the plagues. And eventually, his will came to pass through Moses, who, who felt insecure, didn't feel good enough. We see these stories after stories, and then we, we, we move on to Jesus, who was born of a virgin. Didn't make sense. It went outside the social construct of how society and nature worked. God worked outside of that because it was his sovereign will. It was his works. And then we go on, and then they start to ask questions. Well, who killed, who killed Jesus? Who killed him? Well, it was the Jews. Or some might say it was Pilate, because he was involved in the decision-making. But actually, if we go into the Scriptures here, it says in Acts 2, verses 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by, what's this? By God's deliberate plan, his sovereign will, and foreknowledge. So God knew, and you with the help, now watch this, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. So it's as if there's like two sides, like God had always sent Jesus to die on the cross, right? And it was a deliberate plan. It was a sovereign will. But at the same time, these people were evil that killed him. So there's, there's, a, there's a part that man does, and man can do wrong, but God still worked his will out even through our dysfunction. So that's actually an encouragement to some people in here who have messed up some parts in your life. That God has a sovereign will. There's some things God can still work out not because of your performance, but despite it, despite your mess, despite your sin, God can still work some things out in your life, as he did with Jesus. And then we move on to the, the ways of God. So the ways of God, are, we'll put that in here. So the ways of God would be explained as God's, maybe you might say God's moral law. So the first time we see this happening is in the New Testament, or sorry, the Old Testament, the, the, the Ten Commandments. And we hear things in the Ten Commandments like, do not murder. <laughs> so guess what was probably happening in society at that time? People were murdering each other. Do not steal. Very clear. Very simple. Listen, God's ways are, are often simple and clear, but they're not always easy. Do not commit adultery. It's clear. It's not always easy. Do not have any other gods before you or take the Lord's name in vain. It's clear, but sometimes it's not always easy. In the New Testament, we see uh, Jesus taking the bar up again from, from the Ten Commandments and saying, love your enemies as yourself. Do not repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. It's clear, but how many of us would struggle 
to love your enemy. It's not always easy. Can I get an amen? And so we see things with verses when the Bible talks about how children are a blessing from the Lord. But it doesn't tell us how many you should have. And some of you parents in here, I don't know much about that right now, but some of you in person here might be, you might have some evidence to question that children are a blessing from the Lord as of last night or the week before. There might be a few scenarios in your life where you're like, wait a second, are they really? But it's clear, but it's not always easy. And so sometimes we have to do things today that our future self will thank us for because it's not always easy to walk in God's ways. But in the long run, in the big picture, we realize, yes, I've done the right thing. I'm so glad I walked in the ways of God. I'm so glad I stayed the course. I'm so glad I didn't give up. And so some of the questions that we have are questions like this. When? Where? What? So, so you might have a question, when should I ask that person, that girl to marry me? I struggle with that one. Should I do it? I don't know. Is this, what's the guarantees with this? Is there any kind of policies? I want insurance for that one. You know, that's the genuine thoughts that are going through my head. Like, what if, what if, what if? You know, where, when should I buy the house? Some of you are maybe going through that right now. Is, is it peaked? Has this little, houses are selling like crazy right now. Has it peaked yet? Or am I going to buy and then be in debt? When should I do it? What's God's will? Is, is there a will for this situation? Where should I go to school? Where should I go to uni? Where should I send my kids? What's God's will? Is, is God more unfavorable of this school over here or, or the other school? What, what? What should I do? Where should I go? Where should I, should I go on holidays? Should I go on holidays? Is it, uh, should it be Port Rush, Port Stewart? Sneak on a plane somewhere? Quarantine after? Where should I go? Or, or what am I supposed to do with my life? What is my purpose? These are the questions that we ask. And, and the problem with a lot of these questions that we ask is they're, a lot, they're always in the future. We're, we're often waiting on a destination before we're in God's will. We're often waiting on a place that we're going to arrive at in the future tense, and then we've made it to God's will. And then we've hit the bullseye, and then God's now happy with us. Are you following me? There's so many options, and we want to get it right because we know getting it right and being in God's will looks like success. It looks like prosperity in a healthy way. It looks like God moving in our lives. It looks like protection. It looks like safety. It looks like the goodness of God, all the good things. Hey, here's another question. Some of us, and I love, I love when I heard somebody teach on this before about the one. You know, you know Hollywood teaches us about the one, you know, that one person you're supposed to marry. Now, listen, not everyone's supposed to get married. Somebody gave me this advice, and I want some of you to take this. It's, it's a lot better for you to be single and a little bit lonely than married and miserable. <laughs> I know there's sometimes like if we didn't work some stuff, me and Anna didn't work some stuff out, it would be miserable. 
if we both didn't decide to humble ourselves, it would be miserable, I promise you. And I would say it was mostly my fault, but, but until we submit to one another, so it's better to be single and a little bit lonely than, than married and miserable. But, but it, let's, let's think about the concept of the one. We've heard it. The culture tells us it. It's a nice idea. It's a lovely thought. I get all that stuff, but what about the one? So let's, let's think about Mary, okay? Let's say Jack was supposed to marry Mary, right? And he married Margaret. He was a sinner. He got it wrong. He just liked her looks a bit more. Didn't think about her Mary's character, but he just liked the looks of Margaret. Okay? So, so here we have a scenario, if there's a one, that, that he's missed the mark. Jack has missed the mark. And all of a sudden, they've just had children. So now they don't just have the wrong relationship, they have the wrong children. And then those children have children. And th- now because... Margaret, Margaret is married and Mary is not. Now Mary has went off and she's married somebody else who's the wrong person. And all of a sudden they have children, the wrong children. And all of a sudden we have all these exes and children running about in primary schools and they're filling the earth with all of these wrong relationships because of Jack. Jack single-handedly put the romantic balance of the earth off through one decision. Because he didn't pick the one. It's a bit problematic. Do you see how we believe these things? And when you, when you strip it back, it doesn't make sense. And maybe that's not God's will or God's idea in the first place. It says nowhere in the Bible that there's a one. It just says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Unless they're miserable. <laughs> didn't say that, I made that up. And so we've got to ask the questions, what are we believing about God's will? Maybe God's will isn't what we thought it was. Maybe we need to strip it back. You know, I was, I was with some of my nieces on a Sunday afternoon. We have a lovely big feast. And, and afterwards, you know, the girls are playing and Sophie's playing. And Sophie loves to color in every so often. And she's got all these colors. And she's like, come on, color in. And she likes to be the teacher. And we are the students, obviously, and, and, and we're trying to be obedient to the teacher. And, and she's asking, hey, what color next? What color do you want to do? You know, color in next. And there's obviously boundaries around uh, these sketches. And, and she's asking us color after color. And, and, and she's drawing in as well. And she's nearly looking at me to choose for her. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, Sophie's in a safe environment. She's got a loving family. She's protected. She's not out in the middle of a field somewhere where she's vulnerable. She's in a good setting. She's safe. And to be quite honest, Sophie, I do not care what color you pick. (laughs) Just pick a color. I don't even care if it looks rubbish. I don't even care if you're outside the boundaries of the drawing because you're going to learn to get it right eventually, and that's how life goes. And I believe God sometimes with us, we're trying to figure out his will. And God's up there looking down saying, I really don't care if you go to Sainsbury's or you go to Tesco's. I do not care if you have a Reynolds or a Ford Focus. I do not care. There's something I believe God cares more about than those details. Maybe God cares more about your progress and who you are rather than what you're doing. 
Maybe God's not as concerned about the material things and the colors. And You've heard about churches splitting over the color of the carpet. That's why here we don't let you have the choice. If you don't like it, go find carpet that you do. <laughs> See, God, God maybe isn't, God's will maybe isn't what we thought it was. Now, now, let me balance that out because God does and has, there's a sense in Scripture that there's times where God has a specific assignment for someone. So let's talk about Jonah. Jonah's asking God, hey, um, where do you want me to go? Nineveh. He's like, right, what's, what's option B? Nineveh. <laughs> See, Nineveh. You can go on a wheel or you can go on a bus or you can go by foot. You can go on a plane, but you're going to Nineveh. There are senses in the scriptures where God has got a specific plan for one person, but that's not always the norm. That's often the exception. And so let's go into Colossians 3 and 17. It says, whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Say whatever. Say whatever. Whatever, whatever you do, meaning there's scope for choice, meaning there's room to choose. Whatever you do, acknowledge, invite God into the picture. Let him have a voice. Be open to the prompting of his spirit. But whatever you do, whether you pick red, coloring in pencils, or pink, whatever you do, just be open. Consider, bring him with you to work. Bring him with you to the sporting event. Bring him with you when you're driving on the road. Bring him with you. So we're going to flip these two around. See if I can spell them right. You see, what if, what if when we walk in God's ways, we are inside his will. Let, let me explain it this way. I have a, a friend who came over from the States and he would come over regularly and it was his first time here and he didn't know anything about names of, of towns or streets or anything like that. And he, the only thing he picked up on was Lurgan. And, and he, we were recapping over his time here and he was like, Phil, man, how's Lurgan? I'm like, mate, we're in Craigavon the Craigavon area. He's like, mate, I was in Lurgan. He was actually in Donna Cloney, but he just picked up Lurgan. <laughs> so anyhow, that's what I, I had to explain to him. Listen, when you're in Lurgan, you're in Craigavon. When you're in Lurgan, you're actually already in the Craigavon area. There's Portadown, there's Lurgan, there's Brownlow in the Craigavon area. Maybe when you're walking in God's ways, you're already inside of his will. And, and as you're walking in God's ways, you're in the circumference of his will. And if there's a specific task that God has got for you to do, he will lead you to it. If you're in Lurgan and you need to get to Porter Down, well, at least you're in his, the circumference. You're in the area. I honestly believe it, the way God has designed us to operate is a bit like a playground. You think about Sophie and coloring in and being creative and growing and learning and developing and maturing. 
I think the best thing for a kid to do is to throw them into an area where there's boundaries, there's safety, and then allow them to go and be creative. Allow them to go and play and learn and interact with one another and build sandcastles and play TIG. There's no specific rule of, of what you exactly have to do. Like youth here on a Friday night, there's table tennis, there's games, there's cornhole, there's, there's all sorts of things that are going on. There's creativity, there's communication, there's socializing, but there's boundaries. Why is there boundaries? Why is God's ways there? It's to protect us, to give us safety in His will. Can I get an amen? So maybe, maybe God is more about how rather than when. Maybe God is more about why we do things rather than where we're doing them. You see, maybe God cares more about how you drive rather than where you drive. Have you got road rage? How are you driving? Maybe God cares about how we get there rather than just where we get to. Maybe you're on a journey in life, in a relationship. Maybe God cares about how you're acting as you go, not waiting for some distant destination that you're waiting to get to and that everything will be perfect. Maybe God cares about, are you loving well as you go? Are you patient as you go? Have you got peace as you go? Maybe, maybe God doesn't care about where you go to university, but how you do when you get there. Maybe he's not as concerned about whether you go to Belfast or to England or to Scotland or anywhere else. Maybe he's more concerned about who you are and why you go. What's your motive for going? Is it, is it to try and get one up on somebody? Are you competing against people? Or are you going because you have a sense of God's spirit and his peace in your heart? Why are you coming to church? Is it to please your grandmother? Why are you worshiping is just because everyone else is doing it? Maybe God's more concerned about why you do something rather than what you do. That's good. Because you know what it does? It calls us out into the present. It calls us out of performance. It calls us out of just going through the motion. It calls us out of competing with the culture. It calls us out of competing with the Instagram and the social media. It calls us out and it questions our soul, and it questions our heart. See, God doesn't look to the surface. He doesn't look to where you're at. He doesn't really care that much for the most part. I think God's more concerned, not just where you are, but who you are. Do you bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life right now? Are you loving your spouse? Well, is there a sacrifice involved? Have you got humility Do you possess it? Why do we pray in the first place? It's not just to please the outward. It's nothing to do with the outward, really. That's why the Bible goes on to tell us in Matthew, I think it is, pray in secret. Why? Because we're not, it's not about outside. It's about the inside. It's about the whispers of heaven. It's about the peace of God leading us as we walk in God's ways. He's bringing us to His will. You see, when I walk in his ways, I will always be inside of his will. That's why it says understand. You can't understand something if it doesn't make sense to you. If it's all these big questions and you're waiting for some voice all the time for God to tell you, go right, go left. You can't understand that. All the, that's confusing. And let's be honest. L let me question the, ask you this question. Some of you in here, 
would say you hear God's voice all the time. But, but the problem you have is that God never challenges you and God always wants what you want. Oh, I've, got, I've got probably bad news for you. That's not God. That's probably not God. Because the truth, God's way, <laughs> it's clear, but it's not always easy. It's clear, but it's not always convenient. And it will challenge us to the core, but it will protect us. And it'll put, it'll put a wall of protection around us so that we can grow. It will set us free from confusion. That's why the Bible says, deny yourself and pick up my cross. What's he saying is, listen, stop going your own way. It doesn't bring you to the place you want to be. That's why people come in here and they're ready to surrender their life because they've tried everything else and it doesn't work. They they, they can't find a purpose that goes beyond this earth. They've tried temporal options and it's it's short-lived. They've tried to find their identity in what the culture is saying. And listen, the culture is not getting more... Has anyone realized it that the culture does not give very much clarity at the moment? Basically, there is no truth anymore. You can be what you want, feel like you want, and and it's ever-changing, and it doesn't bring freedom. Because freedom isn't like an open field where you do what you want, go where you want, be what you want. Did you know that that's why the Ten Commandments came in the first place? Because they were worshiping these idols, they were killing each other, there was fornication, there was all kind of sexual immorality. And God says, right, we need to restore humanity here, and we're going to start with some simple ways called the Ten Commandments. He says, listen, if we're going to live together in a benevolent society, we need to stop killing each other. It's a good start, right? So take note. Don't kill anyone. And we need to stop worshiping these false gods that only lead us into temptation and lead us into dysfunction and lead us into uh, situations of addiction. You know what addiction is? Connecting to something that isn't life-giving. Addiction is just you're connecting, but just to, to something that's not giving life. It's It's dead. And it holds you tight in a prison cell and the door is locked. So Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to open the cell by his... And, and where do we start? In his ways. We can understand it. It says, Second Samuel 22, verses 31, As for God, his ways, his ways is perfect. Our ways are not perfect. But his ways are perfect. Can I get an Amen. You know, I, let me give you an example. So, so we're about to start this church. We find ourselves in a, in a, in a kind of wilderness season. And, and I just really ask the basic questions to myself. How do I know that God's in this? How, how, how do I really know? And listen, I would say you're never 100% because you're a human being and you're connected to the earth and you have thoughts of your own and, and it's very easy to go wayward. And so I, honestly, I started asking questions. Well, what does God want to do on the earth? Well, he wants to reach people, and he wants to restore people, and he wants to save people, and he wants to redeem them, and he wants to put them on a path of purpose, and I want to do all those things, and I want to create a space to do that, and I think I've got something to offer, and so that's good, right? So then, but I also know I've got blind spots, so I need to go ask some people around me that I trust. What do you think? So 
So I went to Paul Reed and a few other friends, Craig Cooney and other people who, who think and love me and are for me and want to reach people and are on board with God's mission. And I got some wise counsel and asked for blind spots. And, and some, one of them told me I should wait for a while and, and, and heal up a wee bit from the previous season. I was like, okay, I'm going to take that advice. I'm going to come under that. And, and so I took wise counsel, godly counsel, not just human counsel, not human wisdom. Human, listen, human wisdom is a mess. We've, we've athletes. We have men competing against women, and human wisdom says it's okay. What? Like, we're, like these are people with degrees, masters, PhDs. What is going on? Godly wisdom. So I asked these people with godly wisdom, and uh, they gave me advice, and then I was just praying to the Lord, and like, give me a sign, and I seen this Audi R8 sitting outside this building. I said, that's it. God has spoken clearly. He sent an Audi R8, and that's why we call it R8. I'm joking. <laughs> that is not why we call it R8. But sometimes that's how we do it. We can get things to fit our own story. The, the word R8 actually means resurrection life. R stands for resurrection, and it stands for new life resurrection. That means people who, who have died in their spirit, they come back to life. People who have sinned in their life and messed up, God brings them back to life. That means I, I want to be able to stand here in 10 years and say, listen, the reason this is here is because a, a dream died in my life and I didn't give up. I kept walking in God's way and he led me to his will and here we are. God is resurrecting life for the last 10 years. That's my dream. But it's not always easy. It was clear. It was simple. But there's times where my ways are not God's ways. There's times where my insecurity kicks up. There's times where I don't feel worthy. There's times where I might even feel like giving up. And it's the, the devil whispering to me time and time again. And I have to keep revisiting. God is about love. He wants me to love and trust in him no matter what it looks like on the outside. So we didn't call the church. Don't spread that rumor. There actually was an IDR that used to sit outside weirdly. I don't know what that was about. See, primarily God's, we see in the New Testament, God's way. He brought all of the laws into two simple commands, and it was to love him and to love people. That's his chief way now. Because when we love him, we activate his ways. When we love him, we will walk in his ways. We will walk the path that he has called us. And watch this. It says in, in Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't make up ideas in your head and ideal scenarios that are comfortable and easy. In all your ways... Submit to him. Walk his ways. Take his path. And he will make your path straight. And God, so, so where does this begin? It begins when we trust in God. And we walk in his ways. And he leads us to his will. 
And when we're in his will, we do a work that changes the earth around us, that changes the community, it changes the culture, it changes our families. But we walk in his ways. We need to understand his ways. In all your ways, submit to him. See, this is what can happen is sometimes we're so, if you're, in a, you're looking for a relationship and you're looking for the right person, but you've been so focused on the destination of finding the right person, you, you stop working on yourself becoming the right person so that when you find the right person and the right relationship, it becomes the wrong relationship because you're the wrong person because you haven't worked on the ways and living by God's ways in your life. And you've just been living how you want, and sex outside of marriage and all those things. You've been training yourself up in those ways. Training yourself up not to trust in God, but to trust in yourself. You've been training yourself up not to put God first and his house first and his church first. And then you get to the relationship and, and you, you haven't been able to humble yourself over the years. And you get there and you're dysfunctional. And, and when, when there's two... There's a healthy person and an unhealthy person in a relationship. The whole relationship is unhealthy. Because you need two healthy people or at least 70% of the way there. And so maybe God, instead of us trying to look for the right person, maybe we need to start working on ourselves becoming the right person. So that when we get there, we don't ruin the opportunity that God has put before us. Can I get an Amen. See, the reality is Anna could have married another guy and could have been as effective in the kingdom of God as she is now. He might not have been as strong or as quick or as legit as me. <laughs> but she could have. It was a choice. It might have looked different, but it could have still been in God's will because it was in God's ways. You see, if you're looking for, say you're looking for Port of Down, but you're in England on a different island, you're probably not going to find Port of Down. You can look as much as you want. You can, search as much, you can put search parties out, but until you get on the island of Ireland, you're not going to, you're going to find Port of Down. Until you get into the circumference of Craig Avon, you're not going to find and that's why God's ways are to help us to clear the path, to make it simple. You know, I was out, I was out um, for a walk there, and I seen this dog species on the ground, and I was walking, I was like, oh, better, get, better walk around that, awful. I, I didn't really think much of it, to be honest, but I just had a quick thought, and I just thought, you know, the way for that dog owner, the right way was to pick it up. And they didn't, probably because it was inconvenient, lazy, didn't like it, didn't like that part of the dog, you know, owning a dog. That's why you don't have one. <laughs> Take note. But I was just thinking about, well, well in this analogy, who does this impact? Because it impacted me, and I was coming behind, maybe a day behind, a few hours behind, but I was coming behind. Who, who does the, when we don't clean up that mess in our life, who does it impact those behind us? Your children, their children, the next generation. So, so maybe 
if some of us could decide to start taking responsibility and owning the ways of God in our life, you know what you're going to do? You're going to bless the next generation. You're going to clear the path for your children and your children's children. And it might be inconvenient and it mightn't be easy, but it's going to be worth it every time. It's going to create a culture that they follow, that, that listen, actually, God's way is normal. God's way is the only way. It's called iniquity. The sin of iniquity is the pattern of sin. And we can break the chain for our kids and for our families and for, and for the people around us, but it looks like picking up the dirt and doing the dirty work and aligning ourselves with God's way even when we feel tempted. <clears throat> even if it feels awkward to tell a friend that you're struggling with porn. It's, it's dirty. It's dirty work. It, it's embarrassing in some ways. It's smelly, but it's worth it. It's worth it today. Think about the youth. Think about what Stephen said the other week about we're fighting for the youth. We're fighting for the next generation. Listen, if, 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 if the whole park's a mess and all, the, all the, the streets are dirty and there's litter everywhere, guess who's to blame? The adults. Us. And the children will just follow suit. See, God's will is present more than it is future. It's not this fantasy idea. It's not this... Uh, uh, magic thing that happens in the future. It's about now. What are we doing now? What is God saying to you now? Where do you need to step out of the boat now? Have you God's peace now? Is God working in your life now? Don't wait for three, de- three, three years. Don't wait till after uni. Don't wait because, listen, you're paving a path. You're creating a culture. And listen, cultures are hard to shift. Once a culture, once a relationship culture is toxic, it's nearly impossible to shift without separation, without a clean-up job. When a culture, it's a lot easier to get lazy and ruin the way, get lazy with our integrity. It's a lot easier to start throwing dirt on the ground than it is to fix the culture back to where it once was. <clears throat> you see, until you do God's way, you cannot discover God's will because you're not even in the same territory. You're not even in Craig Avon. You're in a different country. You're in a different island. You're in a different place. You're not even close. Listen, but if you get to Craig Avon and you're looking to come to Portadown, you're in the circumference. Someone will know how to guide you there. There'll be someone near you, a friend, a family member, someone at the shop. There'll be someone God will send to guide you to where he needs you to go and needs you to be. But, but we need to first get into his ways before he can lead us to his will. Can I get an amen? See, I used to think that God's will was a destination, that God would be happy, that I would be content when I got to a certain place with a certain person or a certain type of church or a certain scenario or a certain job or a certain amount of money. Maybe that's you. But actually, St. Augustine said this. He said, love God and do as you please. (laughs) Because what does he really mean? He means love God, walk in his ways. That's how you love someone. Love, uh, when you, what you believe is defined most by how you act. So if you love someone, love is a verb, it's a doing word. It's what are you doing? If you truly love them, if I love my wife, are you, are you doing the dishes, Phil? Are you doing your daily tasks? You can say you love all day, but what are you doing? Are you listening? Are you gentle? 
And this is the beauty about the Holy Spirit is when we walk in God's ways, the Holy Spirit comes in and we're present with the Spirit. And he speaks and he convicts. The amount of times I've been convicted by stopping and walking in God's ways. Well, what was God's ways in that scenario? God's ways was to pray. The Bible says meditate day and night. Pray. The amount of times my pride kicked up and I just stopped and walked in his ways. And he, and he healed me. He opened my blind spots. He showed me a way and it solved the problem. Did you know in marriage, I'm so glad I had this preparation before I got married that I think it was Harvard done this study. And it says this, that in America at that time, <clears throat> it's about 50-50 divorce rate. And honestly, I don't think anyone plans to get divorced. I don't think when they're saying their vows at the, at, at the altar, people are planning for divorce. I really don't. I think they're genuine. I think they mean well. But they, they don't plan against divorce. They plan for marriage, but they don't plan against. There's no defense open to the attack of the enemy. And the research shows that, that Harvard produced is that couples that go to church together and couples that pray together regularly are 1,500 to 1 on the divorce rate scale. So from 50-50, 1 and 2, to 1 and 1,500, you can't tell me prayer doesn't work. You can't tell me go, c- committing yourself to God's house doesn't work. You see, a lot of us me and Anna were talking about this yesterday you know you don't just marry someone because they go to church because that's talking about where they are but, but you marry someone because of who they are because of their godly character because godly character is experienced in the present not in the future you don't marry someone because you're hoping they'll get better in the, in the distant future listen they probably won't get better they'll probably get worse we marry someone because of their present tense God's power is in the present tense. God's church is alive in the present tense. We're not waiting. We are. God's presence is here. God, Holy Spirit, convict us where we've went wrong. And watch this. We're, we're not finished yet because I know some of us are maybe bogged down. We have shame of the past and we've made mistakes and we didn't get it right and we didn't pray every day. And I'm so glad that me and Anna, we do pray every night no matter what, even when it's one of those prayers like you pray. Honestly, that happens quite often. You pray, I don't want to pray. Because we really don't want to get vulnerable, but we need it. Or maybe, you know, if one of us has judged one another and we've said, like, you know, we, we thought, you need the prayer, you need a prayer this time. But we pray, and it's protecting us. And we're walking in God's ways, and we're in His will. It goes on to say in Romans 8, we're going to finish here, Romans 8 and 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good. Now watch, everyone say all things. God works for the good of those who love him, say love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So that means all things includes your sin, your shame, your past, your brokenness, your mistakes, your intentional uh, problems that you set up it means all of those things God works all things together for the good of those who what love him because as soon as you love him you're in his ways because love is an action is a verb and when you begin to love him God begins to redeem he begins to restore 
the dirt on the floor gets picked up, you take responsibility for your actions. Because the whole point of the church is to redeem and to restore us. The dog left the mess, but you pick it up. You own your past. You take what was done. It's done now. There's water under the bridge. I get it. But we don't stop. We own it. We repent. God clears the path. The next generation have got a path that is clear now. Because we owned it. And we walked in his ways. Because we loved him. You have a future. You have a hope. It's not over. That's good news. There is truth and there is grace. We're all messed up. All have fallen short of the glory of God, but we got to pick up the dog feces in our lives. We got to clean up our mess. And God's going to, here's the best part of it is often your mess is your message. Your brokenness is somebody else's breakthrough. God uses everything for his good. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. That was a wee bit longer this morning, but I think it was needed. And I think it's such an important topic. It's defining. It's a defining moment. So maybe in here today, you need to pick up your mess. In the present, don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait for some future idea that it'll be easier in a year's time or six months. Now is the time. Maybe it's time for you to to pick up, allow Jesus to pick up your sin because only he can do that part and receive salvation and receive hope and receive promise. Well, now's your time. And all you have to do is say sorry to God and say, God, I'm turning around my life and I'm, I'm, I'm committing to love you in your ways. And you're going you're to clear the path. It's going to be straight. It's going to be simple. It's not going to be complex. It's not going to be a mess. So let's just say this prayer together, church. God, I thank you for Jesus paying the price for my mess, for my sin, for my brokenness. I receive a future. I receive eternity. And I walk in your ways so that you will lead me to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've said that and you've meant it in your heart, we've got a starter pack with a Bible, a guide, a bookmark, all the stickers, even stickers. And we'd love to give it to you and just get you on your journey, even online or in person, whatever that is. Let us know. And we just want to, want to really encourage you to walk in God's ways. Because it's the safest, it's the best, it's the most life-giving place of purpose that you can be on this earth. Amen? Let's worship. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.